It's a Tuesday, so that means one thing, podcast time. Um, and welcome back to the Not Just 90 podcast. Um, I hope you enjoy listening. Uh, put that out beforehand because, you know, I want to make sure that everybody loves the pod because we love it so much. But anyway, it's me, Nat McKendy-Smith, and the big bad lad across the screen. Yeah, it's me, Connor Redpath. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Um, and thank you for getting involved in the last one. Obviously, I think that it created a lot of content um, and talking yeah. points too. So, but um, it's Definitely just us today. It. We didn't do the interactions this week because we thought, like, mm, we enjoyed the European talk. So we yeah. thought we'd extend it for another podcast. So, yes, here we are. It was a good Here week we again last week. For yes, the, um, it was. Of course, the Euro- you Europa can never League. get rid of it. Nah, I think teams yeah. like Love it. coming through those entertaining games. I put a tweet out to say, like, I don't get how people can still not enjoy watching this competition because no, it doesn't it, make sense. It was it was quality. I mean, Arsenal yeah. came through late. Um, Rangers again yeah. put putting multiple goals past opposition and they're still unbeaten. Um, exactly. Oh, it, it's, and, um, it's class. What was the other one? There was another one. I'm just trying to find it now. The uh, There was a game with had goals in I can't remember what it was. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah. I'll find it. Yeah, you've got like AC Milan still going through and they've come up against Man United in the next round for, the, for their round of 16 yeah. because obviously the Europa League is extended a bit with the third place teams from the Champions League dropping down, but this is we get we're going to talk about these reasons why we why we love it because we we enjoy doing yeah. the prediction podcasts and everything, but we you know we'd like to dig back to our roots. You know that comes the end of this, our oh, fingers crossed, the end of this whole lockdown period and yeah. times for reflection. So maybe this is the last opportunity for us to really dig our teeth and. Get our nails into exactly. this because um, yeah. it's um, like it's one a of... polar bear eating a fish. Yeah, exactly. Or a big yeah. Just slimy tearing, seal tearing it apart. Yeah. Or like a tearing chair. You know those breads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you it <laughs> I think I'll go with that one, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, because um... we're getting back to normal normal times, aren't we? So I think it's it's only fair um, that we reflect upon. Um, but it's always nice to have a chance of, of reflection you know it's like when you get a piece of work back if you're at school uni whatever or you know you've done a good job and you want to just reflect on it from someone else's perspective it's nice to have just just a chat about you know where where you see things Definitely. currently in the past and then in the future what you see going mm-hmm. ahead so and I think that's the great thing about our podcast is that we always like to reflect on things and see where it all put us in the future and you know that's the most exciting thing in the future you never know what's going to happen of course mate. so of course. yeah we'll start with european competitions you know it's it, it, it it's not really like it's been around for ages you know we've we've seen the highs and lows and there's so much history in in the champions league uh of Previously, the European Cup and the UEFA Cup as well. Yeah, uh, OG names. Now the Europa League. Yeah, exactly. Big boys and history lessons for you. Yeah, that don't know. 
if you're listening. Um, but yeah, there's there's been so many, so many years now of of it's like it's it's every year really. You get the excitement where it's just you know you see the draws for the groups or the group of death. That's always the one everyone's looking out for. Oh, which one's that one? You know who will get through that one? And then. You know, there's a bit of rest, a bit of a rest period where it sort of dies down, but then it always seems to just come back with some flair and some excitement yeah. when the draw Quality. happens, and it's like, oh, this team against this team, and it's like literally every round there's always, there's always that. Um, and as we said in the previous podcast, that you know we talk about now the teams that were uh, in in the Champions League or are in the Champions League, sorry. Um, you know the draws. The draws seem to be difficult games for both for both teams. It's not like an easy game. Um, so and I think that's the, that's the best thing about about the Champions League specifically is that you know it is the best of the best. It's the elite competition in Europe mm-hmm. that everyone you know tries to go for, um, tries to qualify for, and then you know you never know what's going to happen. It's a cup competition, so you know you, you could get the look of the draw. Or, you know, you could get lucky in the games, and we've seen it before. And I think that's the most that's that's the most impressive thing about the competition, how it works itself out. That it is, you know, as as we've said, we were speaking beforehand that you know it used to just be first gets through if you go if you win the title and you go through Champions League. But now it's sort of taken into consideration the countries that um, provide the best football or the best football mm-hmm. entertainment and. Although it's sort of like bias in a way, it's the best. I think personally, it's the best way because you know you get the you get the best of the best competing against yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, you don't want really to see the dud teams. That's, um, yeah, like the old format used to be like the it, it was obviously called now the Champions League, and I think that rings true. Like you, you get the teams that win their the leagues in their countries, and the whole idea in like the UK especially because. It is probably considered the best league in the world. I mean, like other other leagues have lost places for qualification as the seasons yeah. have gone come along. As uh, I think they realise that not only have you got other teams sort of showing their their good sides across Europe. I mean, we see some more teams emerging in Italy, for example. I think coming through yeah. most recently at Atalanta. Um, but then you've also got the teams that are coming through for like the, the debut season still. I think it's really refreshing that with the Midgetland or Midgetland, yeah. I'd like say like that was this Midgetland. is their debut season. Um, and it, it, different types of football, you know, they bring different styles, they, they bring different philosophies mm-hmm. and stuff. And yeah, it, it just keeps keeps the ball rolling, keeps everything really fresh. But um what was can you remember your first memories of watching European football? Is there a game that stands out for you? I mean, there's been so many, really, haven't there? It's like, yeah. Was there uh, a season that it all started, like the first? The whole, the, well, initially the Champions League was sort of like, you know, Tuesday nights, you're sort of a bit young to watch the games when it, you know, bedtime. Quarter, you quarter to eight. Bedtime, <laughs> bedtime's quarter to eight. Yeah, you get you, you have your tea, go up to your room, and yeah. then chill out. <laughs> and then an hour later, you're getting ready for bed. So, you know, it's it's hard to think of one where I was really young. I sort of, 
I feel like it was, you know, eight, nine, um, and in junior school that that I'd catch some of the games. Um, and you know, it depends on how early the kickoffs were. I think the kickoffs were a bit early, I think now half seven. Mm-hmm. Um, in comparison to you know, now it's quarter to quarter to eight, eight o'clock. So, you know, we've got an extra 15, half 15 minutes, half an hour. So, but yeah, I remember. I remember because it was on ITV back in the day. So, yeah, free, so easy you know, to it, it was just like, you know, we, I mean, we we could, we back then we couldn't really afford, obviously, Sky Sports packages and all this. It's through the roof. And I mean, now we're lucky to have it. But we, I remember that was like the, that was the football I watched most because it was free. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like, you know, it was when Sky sort of took over. Um, the Premier League and stuff like that. And it was on Sky for a little bit, I do remember. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, you could red button and choose your game and stuff. Yeah. And I was, mm. yeah, my, my nan and my granddad always ha- had Sky. They were like, right, we'll get it. So, you know, people can come around and watch it, which which was nice. Again, a reason to see the family. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I really enjoyed that. But specifically when it comes to Champions League games, um, I think it, that was, you know, the... Around that time, I say seven, eight, you know, that's when Ronaldo was sort of doing his thing. I think, yeah, it was like 2000, 2007, 2008 mm. for Man U. So that was like, I mean, he was in England, but I saw him the most part in in the, the Champions League because it was free. Mm. So I was watching that and I specifically remember the, the Porto game mm. um, where it the rocket rocketed yeah. it. So far and, out, and I, I, I literally, I, I feel like when I back then I was watching that game, thinking, "How on earth has has that just happened?" Because it was like, you know, the ball was struck so hard, and the keeper was so like taken back by it. Mm. And I think it, what was his name? Was it Clever or something like that? He's <laughs> a bold Brazilian goalkeeper, anyway. Yeah. And I thought it was sick. I played mm. him on FIFA, and I was like, "Oh, he's a sick keeper." Yeah, like, <laughs> get past him. And just whacks it like from it must have been 40, 40 yards. Yeah. yeah, it was you massive. It, yeah. And then I, I remember I remember, you know, practicing football, and I was like, right, I'm gonna have a go at that. And obviously I'm younger, smaller mm. pitch than whatever, and I'm trying to strike the ball out and I'm just kicking <laughs> it, it's going high, it's bouncing about 12 times before it goes to the goal. And I'm thinking this goal is an absolute joke. There's no way. Mm. But I, that, I specifically remember that game because I remember watching it and being stunned for about twenty minutes as the rest of the game was being played. Yeah. So yeah, I think that I think that's my that's my most prominent memory from when I was younger. I think I would have had earlier memories, but I can't I can't really think of any. And you know, supporting Rotherham, you know, we've never been in yeah. the Premier League. <laughs> never mind, really. yeah. like, So it wasn't really. Wasn't Back really to earth. Um, yeah, but I always I always remember I, it was. I think that was when I first realised. I remember I was watching it with family and stuff, and in my, and in my head I'm like, right, so so they're all with all my family's Man U fans. Now back then I was sort of like like supporting them just because they were, um, and then and then it was like they were all like, oh, I hope Man U had been kicked out, Man U mm. lost their tie or whatever, uh, and then it was like Chelsea. Arsenal, Liverpool, that maybe like, yeah. like supporting English teams. In my head, I'm thinking, why on earth are you not supporting English teams? Like, you know, England, you know, you've got to support support your country. Mm. 
<clears throat> and I I was like bamboozled by it. But now, you know, over the years, like, you know, over the next few years, during that period of time, I was like, oh, right, it makes sense because, you yeah. know, we want England to be proven as the best. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that That was really strange for me. And it took me a while to sort of get used to the fact yeah. that right, supporting <laughs> supporting English teams, teams, teams yeah. go through. But yeah, yeah, I think that, I think they're, they're probably my, my more prominent memories. I probably do have more um, if, mm. if, you know, I look back at a picture or something like that. But no, I, that, that's probably one of my biggest memories. What about yourself? I mean, Newcastle have made the Europa League a few times and yeah. done some quite incredible things. So... <laughs> I mean, you've you've got to have some good stories here. I mean, well, I'd never got the opportunity to watch them like in a European match. My dad had some good opportunities, like um, when we we were like RAF background traveling around all over. Like there was one season we drew um, PSV, and we were living in Belgium. So my dad. Um, after work one day, I'm not sure if he went with a couple of his mates, but yeah, they went drove across into into Holland and went and watched Newcastle away at PSV. And I think like <laughs> the the opportunity to do that's fantastic. But my, a lot of my yeah. Europe like European football, old UEFA Cup, Champions League memories come from um, different teams. Like I showed you before we started, like I've got my program from my first ever match. We were living yeah. in Romania, and it was the first chance really I got to see football it was Dinamo Bucharest against Everton and it was great because it was loads of Everton fans there we were sat like behind the dugouts but it's one of them old like stadium dromo from FIFA where you've got the running track going around yeah it was yeah yeah it was so good like love it um floodlights run but they were like terrible like with in the crowd they had yeah. like because Dinamo played in red and white there was uh like the uh, the squares you'd hold up and then there's a pattern in the stands like we <laughs> and we chucked ours onto the pitch like afterwards and um great great game and then I saw Middlesbrough play out there in the semi-finals of the UEFA Cup um and yeah. I think like those experiences made me follow European football a bit more um, yeah, but definitely. touching on touching on Champions League for sure, it was more like I remember Ronaldinho in that Barca team, like yeah. four or five. Um, I remember watching the game like on a skiing holiday, like against Chelsea. You know where he um, is standing on one leg and then just smashes it yeah. past check, like with all yeah. the force from a standing position. Unreal like, scenes. Yeah, um, but then. I just, yeah, you talk about the excitement for the draws and stuff like that um, when it comes around. I think the last couple of years, especially now BT show the qualifiers from like yeah. all the all the European teams. Like uh, Ajax had to qualify a few years ago. I remember like watching both of their qualifying legs and you see, because a lot of these players move to the UK and it's an opportunity yeah. to see like what oh, he, through yeah, next. what's coming over next and names to look out for and it's just it's quality like yeah. we are going to pick up positives and negatives but like it is hard to find some things you don't enjoy about it yeah yeah very um, true like yeah so do, do you want to go first like yeah I'll go, should we do the I negatives think, first yeah because they're the hardest <laughs> we could, to, be, to be fair they are the hardest but 
we did we have spoke about this again beforehand um just to sort of get an idea for, for what we're thinking it's it's you know european competition as a whole it's sort of it is the champions league and it's got that name for a reason in that it's the best of the best in europe mm-hmm. um so you know i mean i've mentioned that before you know some teams like as nice as it is, it's sort of like a fairy tale that they have actually made it. Um, yeah. You know, like the midget and one, it's 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 fantastic, <laughs> and I really like like it's great that they're there and stuff like that. But you know, is it is it really all all worth it? And mm-hmm. like, could we have like a a greater one? And I mean, I to be fair. It, it, again, that's just really nitpicky from me because I really love the fact that they're there. Um, yeah. You know, when you get to say that stadium, name every week. mental for it. <laughs> it was like when, yeah. <laughs> it's like when um, last year when uh, Red Star were in it. Oh, And crazy. everyone was talking about how hostile it is and the mm. long walk to the pitch and that sort of thing. It was like that ground was crazy. And, you know, they really put up a fight as well. They... They they could have they could have gone places, but if I if I have a look at this year, for example, typically the teams that finish bottom, you know, Mo- locomotive Moscow, you know, mm. it's sort of, you know, fair enough. I mean, Inter Milan again. I mean, that group was crazy, That's but mad, like yeah. Marseille as well. Marseille, like the rubbish. Yeah, got into um, it because the season finished early, middle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean Wren as well. Mm. I mean they they finished below Krasnodar for crying out loud. So you know Zenit as well, and that uh, Bulgarian team, that Bulgarian team. What are they called? No, oh, Ludogorets for Rene Kovas or whatever. Oh, whatever. the they're, they're, yeah, they're from Hungary. No, 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 yeah. mate. It was yeah, what's it called? Ferenc The one they qualified it. They qua- yeah. They qualified it for the first time in whenever or whatever. Mm. But like, I lo- I love the fact that they w- they had the chance to play there. It's I think it was bad this year as an example because there's no fans in the ground. It oh, could have sure. made that could have made an absolute crazy difference. Um, you know, and I think it would have really you know put a positive spin on things and and made it better. But I mean, this year is an example. You really saw them get outclassed. Um, I mean, the fans can make such a difference and the atmosphere and grounds and things like that. Mm-hmm. But saying that, I, I love it. I love the fact that there's the chance that these teams can just make it. And, yeah. you know, they can go in the qualifiers. They'll Again, they'll be up against good sides and whatever, but they still make the qualifiers. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like crazy. It was like the Europa League one. For example, the Cardiff Met University team. Yeah, and, crazy. You know, they, they, everyone was following <laughs> that. Like that is absolutely mental. A university team actually mm. being having the chance to qualify for for a European competition. So no, I, I it, that's just really nitpicky for me. That's one. That's probably one negative I can think of. I mean, possibly for me. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. This is the big one. It's referees and oh the decision making is so different isn't it the inconsistency (laughs) that that we notice honestly it blags my head like 
because the referees are from all different countries um, and obviously they'll referee in their, in their home countries, the rules or what is acceptable uh, is different. It's a, you know, it's, it's the same with everything, you know, culture, food, everything. It's all different. Mm, and it's the yeah. same with referees. They are just different in the decisions. <laughs> they, they'll, they'll give. It's the decisions they'll give. It's not like the, I mean, we've, we spoke about referees recently again, in England and how the officiating has been so poor recently. Um, it, it's constant now. Um, I mean, we, the, the example for me, the handball that Manu got against PSG, like, oh yeah, that's ridiculous. But again, it's the consistencies of, oh, it was, an, it was a handball in my country, so I'll give it. You know what mm. I mean? So... It's frustrating as as much as it is frustrating, um, you know. You sort of just got to deal with it unless there's a big change in the way you wait for you wait for do things. Um, but yeah, I think that for me now now I've thought about it, that is the huge one for me. That the whole refereeing inconsistencies is just mm. it's just ludicrous. You, and, you can't get away with sorted. a lot, can you? I mean, it's the little pools, no. the little. Uh, little touches like even those yeah. can result in yellow cards sometimes which stops I, I mean in, in a way I mean there's not many teams now that play like a really physical brand of football in, in European yeah. competitions yeah, it, is, yeah. it is very yeah. flair and you do have yeah. these like divas in a way that will like just yeah, not, not enjoy that. the physical side like if you get kicked in the air by some massive like Slovakian centre half mm. like while you're playing in one of those European group stage games and it's like yeah th- th- those teams won't go far because the game stops and then yeah like the fl- the flow's not there like how do you get your foothold in the game like and it's um, it's so it's just it's just ridiculous how much it's changed in terms you know diving you know dramatics I mean it's it it's now so prominent in the English game because mm-hmm. if, if you think about it logically, if you're going to have to do it in European competitions, you know, to get free kicks, to get bookings and stuff like that, mm-hmm. when it is a bad tackle, yeah, if it's a bad tackle and you just go down and just say, ref, what was that? It's not going to book him because mm-hmm. you have to share some dramatics and roll over. And it really frustrates me that it's now, it's now every, every game, every 10 minutes in, in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, you know, it is ridiculous how often we see in it. But from a perspective of if you want to compete in Europe, that's something you're going to have to do, then you just have to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's never been clamped down on either, which is really frustrating. And the referees seem to respond to it, which is even worse. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a trigger, isn't it? But that, that, you know, yeah, exactly. Referees are just, they're, they're under a lot of, um, stick at the minute, which it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it's like in, in different countries if it's if it's spoke about as often as it is here. Um, but in Europe, it's like and another thing as well. The referees from our country that uh, ref in Europe, you know, you see it. You see the whole like they change. They'll mm-hmm. they'll change the way they referee in the game because. Because they probably watched it on telly and thought, "Oh well, he he gave me yellow for that." So I'm yeah. <laughs> the same, and it's it's ridiculous. 
<laughs> Honestly, it's the most frustrating thing about European football, uh, how yeah. stop-start it is and how, you know, people trying to get people sent off. You know, if you're not good enough to beat the team with 11 men, that's your fault. That's not that's not an excuse to go, right, let's get him sent off. Mm-hmm. And I think we see that far too often. Yeah, I think, the, I think that... Um... The like the excitement of European f- football with the referee and still talking about that that the VAR has killed it off some of the exciting parts. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, like you look at or like the Twitter pages and stuff. They'll tweet out like, "Oh, this amazing goal by so and so from 2007," or it's like Kaká or uh, Fat Ronaldo or something like that, and wonder if there's some yeah. goals or some moments in games there that would that have happened or would they have stood if they'd had the stuff that we have now to really yeah. get nitpicky with the yeah there what's was literally um, the games yeah there was literally a video on i think it's like sky sports football's youtube and it's I mean, it's like a 10-minute video of all the goals, all the, like, amazing goals that would have been disallowed in the Premier League. Mm. <laughs> like, like, who cares? I, it's like, the thing is, and then we're going off on, on a bit of a tangent here, but VAR is, is, is a work, as much as it is a work in progress, it shouldn't be this difficult to perfect. Mm-hmm. Sim- simply, it should be, the referee makes a decision or the aligner makes a decision Um you know, he can put his flag up, whatever, wait until the end of the move. But it winds me up when you see it, because players can get injured. Your player goes for on goal, you don't flag because you think, oh, well, VAR will sort it. Mm-hmm. And he goes through, gets sly tackled, and then what happens if he breaks his leg just because you didn't flag? Yeah, flag, it puts yeah. players in dangerous situations mm-hmm. they don't need to be in. So, yeah. I mean... You know, it again. VAR again. I think wasn't wasn't that in wasn't that in the Champions League before it was in the Premier League? Yeah, it was trialed across Europe before yeah. it came over here, um, and like in the States yeah. as well. I think it was the first country, but yeah, it took its time, and it's still taking its time to get rolling here. But let's zoom back in yeah. on Agreed. what we were here to talk about. Um, yeah, what about yours, mate? Your yeah. negatives. I've I've ranted enough. <laughs> I think that uh, this is like I put this down as a negative, but also it's like such a positive for, yeah. for some clubs, and I'm sure that fans of teams that have benefited from this will this would disagree as well. I mean, clubs that yeah. win their domestic cup, and this has been a case in England. I can't really remember the last time a team that wasn't in the top, say, six won a, won a domestic cup um, yeah. and benefited from it, really. Um, yeah. Because I think the last team to have... It was Wolves or, or Tottenham finishing seventh and they qualified because City and yeah. the teams above them had won um, like FA Cup and the, the Carabao. But yeah. if you look back and you see the season Swansea won the cat or the Carling Cup or whatever it was at the time. And then you see when Wigan won the FA Cup and you've got this even the season that Birmingham won the, the Carling Cup and them and Wigan were relegated and ended up competing in 
a European competition whilst they were the sec in the second division in England. And this is where yeah. the whole I know that the UEFA Cup slash Europa League is for the not so blessed domestic sides like from their countries. But yeah. if you've got teams from the second tier competing, like it something doesn't add up like no. I, no. I mean I think it's a great well, it's a great privilege for these teams to have that opportunity, um, but then they're not going to be back in it next year. And yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Like, my, uh, my housemate, like oh. being a Birmingham City fan, well, he never got to go to any of the home games, but said that it was yeah. like great thing to watch. And like, obviously, I bet it was fantastic. But I, I think that's maybe yeah. where this, like, the stature of, or like the um, just this the structure. Is a bit lost. Yeah, it needs sorting. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think that that sort of thing needs sorting. And you know, an, a prime example, a prime recent example is the Wolves one. Um, mm -hmm. In mm -hmm. that, you know, I mean, they didn't go down. I mean, that we talk about that is a bit freak. It was a bit like a freak thing to happen. Yeah. But the Wolves one for me was sort of you've seen the impact it's had on the players. You know, they played what was it sixty plus. 70 oh, it was around 60 yeah, 70 games like between mm -hmm. there or something there or thereabouts but if you think about it like that it's it's a lot of games for squad for teams that won't have a massive squad size yeah um, exactly yeah. and i think that's that's the thing that's why it's good for the best of the best to compete because they can afford the wage wage packages they can have the better players or the better backup players so to speak or well, they can have competition for places. Mm -hmm. It's so much harder if you're a side that's, you know, just well, I say just above the relegation there, mid-table. Um, but you haven't got you haven't blessed, you are not blessed with having great players, um, mm -hmm. like you know, competition for places as, as I previously mentioned. It's we've we've seen that now, we've seen it happen to those sort of teams where it's so it it is it's draining on the teams that they can't. They can't, you know, compete in the Premier League as they did. I mean, Wolves came into the Premier League and were eighth or whatever it was. Yeah, managed to get to into get the in. Europa League. Mm. I mean, had a great had a great shot at the Europa League, but now mm. we look at how Wolves' of performances have, have diminished as of late um, for this season, for example. And again, we can talk about injuries and so on and so forth. But the energy that players will have playing that many games is it, it's it's. Uh, must be so difficult to sort of motivate yourself for every game that you've got coming up if you're a mate if you're one of the main starters in, in the team mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I think it's just it's hard in terms of we're getting we'll talk about money being well distributed that you know the Champions League financially benefits teams tenfold it's, it's oh yeah you know, the gap starts it, to appear massively ridiculous money and we talk you know the teams that constantly qualify for the Champions League get more and more money pumped uh, in, into you know transfers wages you know facilities you know you know bigger crowds bigger stadiums and mm -hmm. whatever and it's and it, it the gap the gap now we've, we've seen it in the Premier League um and, we, and we, we've, saw, we've seen it elsewhere as well, uh, that those teams can't sort of push. There isn't as much competition um, in other leagues. And mm -hmm. it, it'd be nice to see the money betterly, better 
you know, distributed. Um, there's talk of, you know, with, on on Saturday they were talking about how uh, the money sort of fell off um, for teams that, you know, were in non-league or Bury, for example, Macclesfield. Mm. They're sort of teams that money has just fell off for them and there's not enough support. And I think we have to support them because that's where the that's where players can come from. You know, yeah, yeah. With Delhi Alley, for example, there was you know they were talking about the West Ham team, Dawson, Antonio, um, Cresswell. They all came from underneath from underneath the Premier League. So the the money needs to be better distributed across Europe. I think that's that's what one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I think then you'll see more teams, you know, pushing for Champions League, pushing for Europa League spots. So, but for now, if West Ham secure the like fourth place, and we have a top four that consists of, yeah, say the two Manchester sides, West Ham and Leicester. Say that's yeah. how the top four finishes. Do you think that because Leicester, they're obviously there. We could call it like a freak season that they won the league. Um, mm. Went far in the uh, in the competition too. Yeah. Um, in the Champions League, but then sort of fell away. That's almost an example, isn't it, of like these teams going into European competition, but not having won yeah. a cup. They actually went and won the league, but then they really struggled yeah. because they didn't have the the squad or like this, the momentum yeah, to keep up yeah. with the European stage and the, but now obviously Rogers has come in and sort of has, <coughs> has the mindset there. Like the top four is where they want to be uh, yeah. for this season for sure. And do you think that, I think what well, I believe that teams like Arsenal, well, Arsenal and Tottenham prime examples have sort of stagnated. I mean, Spurs have got this new stadium and everything like that, the ambition seems to be there. Arsenal just look like they've, they've messed it big time. And it yeah. could, I think they've done it at the wrong time as well with the influx of money coming in. Um, yeah. Because uh, top four finish brings in so much, so much more financial benefits and you can compete. What do you think of like if West Ham and Leicester have these seasons the next year in the Champions League and we're looking at Supporting the English sides in Europe, and yeah. we want these two to go I'd far. Love how, how is it going love to change it. the structure? The the thing is, you know, we always come back to the Leicester one as an example of what happened to the club afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. they had a great, as you say, great run in the Champions League that season, and I mean, they sold players on, uh, and what, but but that was only what five five years ago. Yeah, five, yeah, five years ago, 2016, wasn't it? Um, so five years ago, and we look at Leicester, they have they've stayed in the Premier League, they've been you know mid table to European spots, and now they've got the right manager, he's got the right tactics and stuff, and it's a bit of luck of the draw. But if West Ham have that season where they go into the Champions League, you know, we see such a we, we could see something similar to ha- some similar happen that's happened at Leicester in that, you know, they might go out of the Champions League, whatever. They'll have money, they'll have that attraction to get players 
and then they can compete in the Premier League mm -hmm. for the Cups, so on and so forth. And that's a it's a benefit for England as competitively in that better players will want to come because there's more competition and you can prove yourself as being one of the best or mm -hmm. a better player. So I think it really... It's really down to, you know, look of the draw, as I've said, um, and and whether they can attract players. You know, West Ham have got a decent squad size and in, 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 in quality in, in good areas. But, can you see Jared Bowen playing yeah. against uh, Inter Milan next year? <laughs> <laughs> Jared Bowen against Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but no, I... I think it's it's better if if we have. I know this is a freak season. We we we've, we've said it from the start. Um, teams are we'll, going to benefit we'll from the this end. freak season. I mean, there's but, going to be teams that it, don't, and there's going to be the teams that have actually thought like, yeah, actually, this is our chance. I mean, like it, touching on Inter Milan, they've gone on and look like they're going to run away with the league, perhaps in Italy. Yeah. Like you've got the teams. I think City here have obviously shown that like they. They have the rotation ability, the quality and depth and everything yeah, like that. And then, yeah. like, each team seems to have had the areas where things have gone right, things have gone wrong. And it looks like, for example, yeah. West Ham are benefiting from this freak season. Yeah, exactly. And and that, and that I think in the long run, if, as you say, if it's a big if, if West Ham do make the top mm. four and qualify for the Champions League, Oh, I think we might see something similar to what Leicester have done in terms of the you know they've been they've been there thereabouts they've been in the top half of the table and now qualify uh, pushing for the Champions mm -hmm. League spots and that's the that's the goal that's the ambition I mean West Ham have been in the Premier League for an, you know numerous amount of years I mean they've gone down a few times but they have been a Premier League team so. You know, it's it's sort of the Stoke thing where they sign players and thought, right, we've been in the Premier League for a bit. Yeah, long. yeah, this is. Yeah. I've always wanted to, to wanted to put like a, a name on it. You know, it's happened yeah. to clubs, hasn't it? it where is, these, yeah, yeah. The the names come in, realise it's a stepping stone. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They they felt they felt like the club needs to, you know, get further on and head in the right direction, but. You know, you, you can't do that you know, without financial backing. And mm -hmm. as you say, Leicester, without probably, if they hadn't have won the league or, you know, if they'd have finished fifth or whatever and been in the Europa League, would they be where they are now? Would we see them, mm -hmm. you know, sort of fall off like we have other teams? So, you know, the financial benefit for Leicester was incredible. And now I think, we'll, I think we will see Leicester qualify for the Champions League. This year, anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but then, but then we've got another team to add to the so-called top six. Yeah, it's then, if West Ham do the same thing, then top it's top six eight. Isn't a thing you know, anymore, it's, is it? It's fantastic for the Premier League. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. It's fantastic for the Premier League because we'll have better players want to come to the country, prove themselves in the the best league, the best league in the world. Because we have eight teams trying to qualify for four Champions League spots, mm. and you never know. Yeah. You know, Wolves Wolves might come out of the blue. Leeds could sign some incredible players, and then then we've got 
a numerous amount of teams. It'd be the best option in England would be West Ham and Leicester to qualify for the Champions League mm. because then we've got more competition. We're rooting for this. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, forget no, our want, pre-season predictions. Where I said they were going down. <laughs> screw them, screw them, get rid of them all. I don't care. Yeah. But that's what we want. That is what we want. Mm. Um, and that's that's the best. That's again. We'll talk about if we talk. We'll talk about the positive now because we've, mm. we've moved on to it. Yeah, I was just um, about to say, is this is this what we view as our things we like about it? Is it is this going to be the new positives? Because I mean, we've gone through periods, you know, where um, Naughties was for the like Milan sides. For yeah. example, they were, AC were fantastic. You had like Liverpool were chucked in there, and then it merged mm-hmm. into sort of Man, uh, Man United, Barcelona, yeah. Real uh, in the European, and then obviously the Spanish teams have had their years. English teams yeah. had their years. I mean, like what was it, twenty nineteen, where we had um, four teams in the uh, two finals were all yeah. English, um, Man and then. Liverpool, Tottenham. Yeah, and, and Arsenal, Arsenal, Chelsea. Chelsea. Um, do you think that this is one of the positives? And Because I've put down emerging stars as well. I mean, yeah. does age have to be a thing for you to be an emerging star? Because I think in West Ham, we'll keep talking about that for a little bit now, because I think yeah. Suchek has sort of emerged as one of their, like, wow, where did he come from? Yeah. And, he's, and Declan like, Rice as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, so Those two as a partner, I was saying it the other day, I was watching the Man City game, and those two as a partnership are absolutely fantastic together. Mm-hmm. Like, it shouldn't really work because they're both tall, physical presences that aren't, you know, blessed with flair, pace, skill, whatever. They, they're so solid, it's unbelievable. And together, they just, it just seems to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, on that emerging stars point, if we look at how we've been able to see Mbappe this season and how we've talked about the change of the, you know, we're sort of transitioning into the younger players mm-hmm. being, you know, the world's best, performing on the world's best stage, you know, Haaland, Mbappe, and now we're seeing chances for Foden as well, uh, which is great from an England perspective. And we're seeing those players being able to perform on the biggest stage in yeah. European football, in European club football. Um, so I, I'm, I'm all for it because, you know, that's where uh, Ronaldo did most of his best work. That's where mm-hmm. Messi's done most of his best work, his most memorable things. The most memorable things of, you know, some of the best players of all time has been because of the Champions League and what they've been able to do against the best teams. So, yeah, Emerging Stars, it, 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 it has to be one of the number one points up there mm-hmm. um, and, and how positive and how great the Champions League is. And I mean, even yeah. in the Europa League, you know, we see players performing there and then they get their moves to a big Yeah, league, I, I think... puts them in the Champions League. One of the biggest ones, and it worked well, for, well, to be fair... Be, I guess it was maybe an example of they were emerging stars, but then after one year, felt they could go and tackle everything. Was that Frankfurt team from 1819, yeah. where you had Jovic yeah. who went off to do not much with Real Madrid, and yeah. then you had and now it's uh, gone back. Yeah, and Rabic went to um, AC yeah. Milan. Things didn't really go so well there, and then Haller, who has eventually found some sort of 
form for at Ajax, but at West Ham, people it. just thought, like, for God's sake, like, what, what, what is this guy? But we've wasted another, another power many million on a striker. Yeah, and I think, but yeah, the emerging. It's sort of, it's sort of, it's, it's sort of, it, yeah, it sort of is a bad thing in that you know some players it gets to their head and then, but like, mm-hmm. I think it, 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 it just it doesn't count when you see how many great players have shown, you know, their true ability in European competitions. Like, it's all, it's, you know, we talk about winning the league and how easy it can be for some clubs. Um, But winning the Champions League, it is the best of the best. So you sort of have to perform at your peak to win Mm -hmm. it. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's cup football. It can be down to a, a single error or it could be down to something. But if you've got that, you know, the ability to change a game. And, you know, Ronaldo, we talk about Ronaldo, he's won five Champions Leagues in a row. Or was it in a row? No, it was four. Four, four in three a row. maybe in a row. But he's, yeah. he's won about then five or six, break, yeah. So yeah. it's like, we put it down to that because it's such a great competition. It's the, I think it's the world's greatest competition mm-hmm. in club football. You know, you, there's no... There's no like not a there's not a league that comes close to it. No. You know, it, it, it is so fantastic that we that we're able to see you know different styles of play and then how great players can be. Yeah, I don't think I've missed a final stage. since twenty thirteen. I think no, I don't so the last I time either, like no. that was well that was when my streak sort of began like just because <laughs> I was able to watch. Like I had, I was yeah. able to watch the games. I think, no, in fact, from the yeah. from the Drogba penalty against Munich, that was the oh, first yeah. of twenty twelve, right through till now. Like, yeah, I mean, I had to sneak the last Drogba one in on my bed. iPhone. To be fair, but like Ryan Bertrand, mate, I know Champions League star. winner, <laughs> Champions League winner. I mean, okay, so we talk about emerging stars. Would you say that the drama that comes with it? And I mean, I think there's some seasons oh. that are. More second, dramatic, second to none. yeah, but yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, <coughs> I think the best example in my head is I think I, I think away goals has been fantastic. I think that's great. I mean, you've yeah. got teams that scrap right until the very last minute, and I think that the 18 19 season where we had Liverpool's comeback against Barcelona and yeah. then. The Spurs come back in, in Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, it was a shame that was followed up by a bit of a dud final, but yeah. the, the drama. Well, it was like is... they, those finals, it was like the finals had already been played, yeah. you know. Oh, for it sure. Was like whoever won, fair enough. Like it don't really matter. Because it was a fantastic was such... campaign. And I mean, like that year too, like that was when the four English teams made the finals. You had. Frankfurt took Chelsea to yeah. penalties, and uh, I can't remember. I, Arsenal might have had to, they got past Valencia on the way, but I can't remember who they beat in the semis. But like yeah. they, it, it's just, it's fantastic. Like yeah, it's 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 like a TV show, really, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's 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 better. It's you know we talk about football. All we you know this podcast all is is football. Mm-hmm. But if you look if you look at how dramatic the Champions League is. Because it's a club competition, because it's the best of the best, you know, 
we see moment like flashing moments of just pure brilliance, or we'll see mm. something so stupid, or there'll be a brawl, or there'll you know, refereeing decisions. Yeah, like because it's in because it's in this the this competition. It's just so it's like ele- everything's elevated. Yeah, you know? like a goal, it'll, it'll be put on Twitter and it'll get like you know hundred million views, <laughs> ten minutes. Like a goal, like a goal, or you know something so ridiculous, mm. and it's because it's because of the stature of the competition, um, and and how many dramatic moments we've seen in the past that like every Champions League game has a quality. You know, we, the Premier League recently has been quite dull. Yeah, the really. gap the gaps start to appear. I think, yeah, uh... and it's just a bit like there's not, you know. We, we, I mean, I I put it this way: in that you know, there's derbies in the Premier League, and they most of the time they're boring. Mm-hmm. And but like, I'd much rather watch you know some round of sixteen game against two clubs that you know that aren't like the best of the best, but you know there'll be drama in the yeah, game. Yeah, this you is know, why I you think you know it'll come somewhere. Yeah, the I mean, round of sixteen, I think, is where you find the last of the teams that are pushing their luck against the teams that you probably think will go all the way. Like um, City yeah. look like they've already got past Munching Gladbach. Um, Dortmund Sevilla is a bit of yeah. like a Sevilla emerging, but Dortmund have this new lease of life. Yeah, that's the sort of game. Yeah, I'd like two teams yeah, from different countries because sort of you can, at the moment, you can follow like every game in the UK, like in England, every game is televised. But like the opportunity to see two teams from, and, like forget if you follow their domestic form, like their stars, like Severe is a story. Yeah. yeah, obviously their Europa League campaigns are so fantastic. Dortmund is one of these teams that is always trying to be there. Uh, like the, they're mm-hmm. the stories that make it fantastic. And yeah, yeah, it's just oh man, goosebumps, mate, goosebumps. Yeah, it's 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 beyond belief. And also, uh, yeah, Valencia, where the team Arsenal beat. In the semis. The semi-final. Yeah, okay. Fantastic. Right, do you have anything else to add? Yeah. I, I don't know, really. I think the fact, the only thing, the only thing I would briefly mention is the fact it's midweek as well. So we get that continuous flow. Of yeah, football. all the time. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love the fact it's midweek. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's another thing you can also we could also say, you know, we get to we get to watch the best players constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, trying to perform at their best anyway. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's I think that's it. I think you, you can only put it down to that, and it is you know the best of the best football there is yeah. about really. So one little thing as well, I, I think agree. the fact that blue is the colour for it is a very aesthetic thing. <laughs> Yeah, and the the logo, the logo, yeah, is the sexy. stars, it's a sexy yeah. logo, the stars. Even the Europa League, mate. Da, 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 da. I know and it's not the same yeah. as the, cha- the Champions Wait, League. The best... How have we not mentioned the song? <laughs> the song. How have we not mentioned the song? <laughs> I can't believe it. How did we not mention the song? That is crazy. Yeah, the song. It, yeah, that's. <laughs> Goosebumps, oh. mate. The fact that they've now got that on FIFA, you know, as well, makes the yeah. game so much more That's worth sexy. playing. Yeah. Getting oh. Rotherham to the Champions League. 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Unbelievable. Current, currently 10th in the championship. Impossible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But you know, I... we've we've spoke about we've spoke about, you know, the whole what it was like before, what we grew up with, and it and what it's like currently. But you know, the future of the competition, where where do you see it? What 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 could you improve? You know, uh, what needs to stay, what needs to go. I think it's great. Where, I think you know where is the future? I hope that they do not bring in the third competition because I feel like if you're just gonna do not no, I because I think if you're just gonna chuck like European status at teams that aren't performing domestically. I think it would be fantastic for the whole, like, oh, no way, I can't believe we're about to see uh, Southampton take on, I don't know, Elche from, like, La Liga. I think things like that. Yeah, what, that a, what a game! Uh, for me, that's, that's like, that draws my eye, that catches my eye, because I think that's what... I enjoy that side of football, like the obscurities, like all of the little yeah. stories that are, don't really catch the, I guess you could call it like a hipster way of, or a bit of a indie way of viewing football. Oh, but like, that was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I hope they don't do that because I think that it's, oh. a, pri- it's a privilege to, to be where they are. And I, th- I hope they, they any talk of like a European Super League to come out of the Champions League as well is just a fat yeah. No. I agree with that, but I completely disagree with the third. The third one, no, I'd mate, love it. It would ruin I would, it. I would <laughs> love it. Yeah, we we, I mean, we're big advocates for the whole Europa League and how you know some people are like, why is it even a competition and how can you not yeah. have it? I think this would through. be the, the Europa League on steroids. Do you reckon because it would be like think, the, the Premier think, League two think, and the 23s? <laughs> no, but I, I, think, I think we'd see such an even competition. Okay, okay. Because, because we bang on about the top six and we bang mm. on about how in every pretty much every division there is like four, five, six teams that are classed as the better ones in the league and that will finish in those top six spots. But there is teams that are always in the league but don't do anything. And I think that it'd be a perfect opportunity to allow those teams the chance of winning some silverware or proving themselves on a European stage. Um, Because, I mean, there's not enough days in the week for it. I mean, like, yeah. when would you play the It would have to be a Thursday night. But, again, I think. Yeah, I think it'd have to be Champions League Tuesday night, Europa League Wednesday night, <laughs> and the, the, I don't, I don't even know what you'd call it. Yeah, just the. The La Europa. Yeah. The Europe. Or whatever. <laughs> oh, dear. The Euro. <laughs> the Euro Cup. Yeah, bring back the UEFA. Yeah, well, mm. yeah, but something like, but something like, I think it's, uh, I think it, uh, as much as I agree with the fact, you know, you'd see some obscurities, and you said yourself that you you like the obscure things in football. I think it'd be so good to see very evenly matched sides against each other. If we think about, you know, teams like. Athletic Bilbao, for example, mm-hmm. or I'm trying to think of a mid-table side, like Genoa or Torino, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of it like a mid a mid table Bundesliga side. I can't really think of any. Like, um, uh, don't really. going down, but yeah, yeah I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, they are, aren't they? My bad, yeah. my bad. Yeah, um, but like those sort of teams, you know, compared to like a Southampton Wolves, there's not much to separate them. Mm. I don't think. True. I think that you know. And I think we'd see such dramatic games because they'd be like, oh, well, these aren't too much better than us. We could actually go for these. And I think, we'd, I think we'd see that mentality from both sides and we'd see constant back and forth games. Mm-hmm. The issue is, obviously, it presents the whole, like, we need to include the, all of Europe. So we would see teams from, I don't know, no, Belarus. Yeah, yeah, Belarus, <laughs> stuff in Malta. Gibraltar yeah. teams, or I don't know, something daft, mm-hmm. but we would see that. But again, I always say once you transition out the group stages, you have the better, the better teams in it. And I mean, would you then see the teams that finished third, third in the Europa League? <laughs> that's the that's the yeah. issue. That's the issue. But I, I've never agreed with that personally. I don't think that should be the case. Don't get a second even shot. The no. I don't think you should get a second shot. I think it is you finish in the top two of the group and you go through. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never agreed with that. I think the format, I would love to see the format change anyway. But I think a third competition, I'd I'd love it. I think it'd be mm. absolutely fantastic. Purely yeah. because of the the balance that we'd see and the whole, mm-hmm. you know, I think we'd see teams actually going for, for games instead of being a bit shy and a bit coy going into going into some games. But yeah, mm. that's just me. I think I think that's where I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it hundred percent. Yeah. Wow! So, fingers crossed it comes through, but the the Super Cup could. Uh, yeah, mate. you'd have to factor in something that'd else there. Ruin, that'd that'd ruin football as a whole. Mm. I think it'd ruin, and I don't think I'd like to think the FA wouldn't allow it to stand because of how much we pride ourselves for the love of football. Yeah, but good point. You never know. Wow! But where where else? I mean, I think I think the format we we. As we've mentioned, the format mm. is a bit daft. You know, I think the whole qualifiers as well frustrates me. Um, you see, you the know. same teams have a go in and they don't take the yeah. chance. I mean, um, like they hardly ever make it through, and it's like, like every they'll make it like every five years or so because mm. they'll come up against the same sides in the qualifiers. qualifiers. And it's like, you know, just scrap them. You know, you think the so? players are. I'd, I'd scrap the qualifiers completely. Do you, or do you, or do you think that you have to, instead of scrapping the qualifiers, just scrap the countries that try and fail so many times? I don't I don't know, because, I mean, the introduction of a third competition would filter down and allow those clubs to, mm-hmm. you know, have a chance in that competition. Yeah. Um, the issue is, again, you know, who who's allowed to have these spots? Who's allowed to, you know, just waltz into the Champions League? Yeah, and I mean, as fans, we want to see the best of the best in that competition. Um, so mm-hmm. we don't want to see, you know, the rubbish team, the rubbish teams in it. But you know, it, again, it comes back to being fair, allowing people to have their chance. But I think the qualifiers it ruins the whole, the whole like you know, the best of the best because, you know, you yeah. might get a freak result and some team will go through, then they'll get no points in the group stage. Yeah, it's that's true. Waste, it's a waste <laughs> of time. It's a waste mm-hmm. of time when you could have 
you know, fantastic group stages, and then you go into the draw, uh, the round of 16, you could have like anyone in there. If you think the top, the top six got, mm. got six spots in the Champions League, or, you know, there was four teams from every division, um, that would be so much better. You know, Europe's top five leagues, if you had four, that you know, four, okay, yeah. the top yeah, four, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you've got 20 teams there. If, you know, we look at the Portuguese league, um, you know, uh, the Eredivisie as well, as mm-hmm. an example, you can make up, you can make up the, the teams. Um, you'd be able to make it up. And I think it'd be so much better than just wasting our time getting some crap teams in that aren't mm-hmm. really going to compete. They are just there for the sake of it. Um, so I'd like that. I think that's the benefit of the third competition it is it, it would filter it down. Yeah. And yeah. It gives, it gives, you know, the pre-season, the rest, you know, people haven't got massive squads. They haven't got the money for it. So you sort of need to combat that by allowing them, you know, a good pre-season or something like that. Instead of having to play games constantly. And then what happens if they finish in the same spot next year and then have to do it all again? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think I'd like to see a change in the, the qualifiers and the format as well. The whole being third in the Champions League and then going down, I think you should just be out. Yeah, I feel like that's fair because then you have this those sides knocking out teams that have done well enough to get through the group stages. Like Man United have obviously just waltzed through against Sociedad. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any examples of other teams. I think uh, Krasnodar still in it. I mean, you talked about them yeah. dropping out. Um, um, who was in it? That team. Shakhtar. Shakhtar, Shakhtar yeah. I think, I, I think well. yeah, I think Shakhtar, for, I think they're a bit of like a... For them to have done pretty decent, you know, to get results against Real Madrid, like, they'll, I think yeah. they'll, they'll fancy their chances, but it is unfair. Like, I mean, yeah. they have, I think they have won the competition back at the turn of, like, noughties in 2010. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like it is a bit of like a like kick in the balls, they're... isn't it? Their whole their level probably is the Europa League. They could mm-hmm. they could chuck all their eggs in that basket and go right. We could win the Europa League. Yeah, but they're not going to get. They're not going to be in the Champions League and go right. We are going to win the Champions League, or we're going to you know make it to the semi finals. Mm-hmm. It's like it's frustrating to you know because the group stages they can be really dull because you already know what's going to happen that's yeah. why people love the whole group of death thing but why can't every group be a group of death or mm. have the best teams in it yeah. you know you know it's it's it, it's 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 tricky because you know you've sort of got to make it fair for everyone you also but like the whole idea is you want to see the big boys in the final the best entertainment hmm Yeah, precisely, precisely. So I think that has changed um, because because uh, fair game nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just it is what it is. So <laughs> you just have to get over it. But European football, where you know, if we talk if we talk about individual players for a moment, we've seen, you know, this is where like Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldinho, um, Henri those sort of players uh, have made their name. Do you, mm. I mean, we've, we, 
I mentioned previously the Haaland and Mbappe thing, but do you see, you know, the next generation come through into this competition now and, it, you know, into the future? Where do you see the whole, the challenges for, for the title? I, I still feel like there are, there are teams, or like the traditional teams in this competition that have, um, like, the older the older guys, I still think we're a couple of years off having the new generation come through, like um, strike thinking of some teams, Barcelona, for example, I think they've been found out a bit, maybe that forms picked up a bit in the league, but talk about Busquets, PK, Messi is obviously has no idea where he wants to be right now. Um, I think that they, yeah, I think I still think we're a couple of years off you know, players coming in to prove themselves because I don't think that... I mean, you have freak examples of um, Mbappe and Neymar where they just find their feet in this competition and it's like they've never not yeah. spent any time playing in it, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I think the new sort of generation will emerge and maybe that will come in the form of different teams uh, yeah. like we've already talked about. But I, I still think that the... Like the OGs for this competition still sort of show like don't write me off yet. Like yeah, they're, they're still very much. I mean, there. yeah, Bayern's probably a good example of that. You know, mm-hmm. Lewandowski's getting older, Muller's getting older. Um, you know, Boateng, Neuer, mm-hmm. uh, they they've got an old, older, you know, generation. But to counteract your, you know, you thinking that the the older generation is still about. You know, you, you mentioned Barcelona and how they fell off. We, if you if you put that as a prime example, they, you know, they're an aging side with some youth players coming through, but mm-hmm. not a majority. It's not like they have a core of players that, in four five years time, will still be at the club or still be performing at that high level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where where does where does you know where do you see that now? So we we mentioned how Barcelona over those years and Real Madrid over those years were so successful. Where is that now? You know the core group of players that will be at the same club or be challenging. You know we've got if we put a four five year span on it, where what 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 teams do you think have? the best chance of having this a run in the competition where they do so well? I, th- I think that the way that football goes at the moment is you don't... manager just, just doesn't stick around for that long, you know, yeah. like four or five years. I mean, I thought it was going to be Liverpool. Um, and, and not to say that for them to be around it, you have to win it every year because you look at the winners... Um, yeah. some people don't really think about the campaigns that teams had to get to that point uh, but they have every chance now getting past Leipzig um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that could Liverpool and European football has always been one of those things that you associate I think yeah. especially since yeah, definitely. The, like the history they have with it six time winners um, I feel like it, it could be them but they need to figure out like they, they've got a lot of their own like political issues going on in, in doors at the moment. Um, I can't see it being a Spanish side unless Atletico want to kick on with it. Uh, yeah. 
if City win it this time round, it could kickstart their. I feel like it could make it's going to make people realise this is a place to come if I want to win a Champions League. Like, yeah, hundred percent. So I th- I think it could be if it's going to be an English team, more likely it'll be. Man City. Would you put it down to England then being you know a bit more prominent in this competition? Yeah, I hope so. Um, I th- you I think mentioned that Manchester City and Liverpool, you know, um, it's it's as a country, do we have do we have the best chance of you know having a reign in this competition? You know, might be over five, might be over ten years. Um, I hope so. We look at the talent that we're producing and the talent that is currently on show. I mean, Man City's side isn't isn't too old. You know, you've got Fernandinho and and Aguero, but they're not playing for the most part. They yeah. have a good group of players that are in their their lower twenties um, mm-hmm. that can that could be there for a numerous amount of years. Um, I mean, the Liverpool one, I, I agree with. I think they they can be there or thereabouts. It is figuring out, you know, because you know there's contract issues with Wijnaldum mm-hmm. um, you know there's always talk of, of Salah going on uh, just to go to another country and prove himself there I mean Mane mm-hmm. again it, you know big clubs that the, we talk about Barcelona and Real Madrid you know needing some fresh faces or you know a new lease of life so could Liverpool become you know a sell-on club um, I, d- I don't know I don't know. I don't think that would happen personally, but mm-hmm. I think Liverpool have got, you know, the whole, the right players in place. You know, we saw K- Curtis Jones at the weekend as well. Um, Trent Alexander Arnold still young, so there's still there's still some young players in there. Which mm-hmm. I think I I think I agree with you. I think personally, it will stay in England because of, you know, the success that we 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 do tend to have quite a bit of success in Europe. Um, at stages mm-hmm. and because I think because of Man City and Guardiola our teams the rest of the team in the league will have to get better to come yeah oh for sure them, yeah which will make us better in Europe mm-hmm. um, so I, I can I agree with you there I, mean, I can see it being stay, being quite an, stay now dominated. yeah, yeah. <laughs> rule Britannia yeah across Europe right Brexit mate. Brexit I think that was yeah, we've good old chin wag. We've so much out, <laughs> smashed out. It's another lengthy league. one, but and if you're league. listening, thank yeah. you. If you've made it to this point, we'll give you fifty quid. Yeah, psych. <laughs> <laughs> We're not That's that rich. Right. We don't make any money off this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sound. Well, yeah, that was why. Oh, no. Why we love it. How we love re- it. Oh, you've been recording. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, don't you worry, mate. I shit a Control. I shit a brick. I saw my record <laughs> button, and it wasn't. It didn't have like the pause thing on. And I was like, oh my god, we haven't just spoke for that long. We've not recorded <laughs> it. Oh, that's hilarious. Nice. Yeah, but thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back again, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, with more to talk about. So mm-hmm. if, if you have got any suggestions, please do let us know. Not just 90. Um, search it on Twitter. We'll be there. Yeah. But thank you very much. Until next time. Ciao for now. Adios.